You are listening to the Moody Girl Podcast with me, Emily Fazer. Throughout this series, we're going to be opening the minds of experts and delving into the world of alternative healing methods. Before we start the episode today, I wanted to ask all of you listeners a question. Did you know that a lot of people are living with lower than recommended magnesium levels? I didn't know this either and had never explored incorporating magnesium into my daily life until I started having skin issues. I now use Better You Magnesium Oil Body Spray when I get out of the shower in the morning and spray onto my feet before I go to bed. I found that when I had psoriasis and hormonal breakouts on my face or body, I would spray it on and at first it really stung. But this was a sign from my body that my cellular magnesium levels were low. The more I got the magnesium into my system daily, the less it stung. It made sense. If you're feeling like you could benefit from having magnesium in your life, I would strongly recommend looking into using Better You Magnesium Oil Body Spray. Link to purchase is in the bio. Now, let's get to the episode. I've personally had so many different health struggles in my life. Doctor-prescribed medicines have often left me feeling worse and as though they are masking the problem rather than actually addressing the root cause. And this has led me to think outside of the box and find holistic ways to feel better in myself. I'm not professing to be some kind of health guru and I'm definitely not a doctor. Just someone who's trying to explore new ways to feel better and make the most out of life. I started Moody Girl in 2018 at a point in my life where I was quite frankly fed up. I was fed up of feeling like I literally had no one to speak to about how badly periods were affecting me and I felt so much shame and guilt around that. From this moment when I started Moody Girl, I I really started to discover a whole network of support groups and resources that I didn't know existed before. For today's episode, I spoke with Chloe Coldwell, an author living in Hudson, New York, who I met through the Moody Girl platform. We connected on so many levels, but particularly over premenstrual dysphoric disorder. When I began to read Chloe's books, I started to really understand more about her life and her own story. We chatted a few days before the release of her new book, The Red Zone, which I would so, so recommend checking out, along with the rest of her back catalogue. It's super relatable. Okay then, here it is. Hi, Chloe. Thank you so much for chatting with me today. Hi, Emily. Thank you so much for having me. No problem. Um, I mean, I first kind of found out about you through your first book, um, I'll Tell You in Person. Um, And then we kind of organically just started chatting over Instagram. um, And I mean, that first book for me was like, I just identified with it on such a deep level because I found personally, like I'm now 32, 33 later this year, and I'm kind of starting to begin to come out of that kind of craziness that was my 20s. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So it yeah. was like so full on and everything that you've described in your book, in that first initial, you know, essays, I was just like, oh my God, I relate to so much of this. Um, and I know that you told me yourself that like, that was before you even knew you had PMDD. Yeah. So I was just like, oh my God, light bulb moment. Like this is how I spent the initial part of like, you know, the latter of my teens and then like fighting for answers answers in the early twenties. I mean, for anyone who's listening, who hasn't heard of PMDD, I'll just give you a quick kind of um, synopsis of it. So um, it's called uh, premenstrual dysphoric disorder. It affects one in 20 women and AFAB individuals. Um, and I mean, leading up to your period, usually, usually kind of like after ovulation, you can get, for me, it was like severe mood swings, um, depression, anxiety. I found that I was stuttering on my words, um, lack of interest, lack of energy in anything. Um, I mean, what, what were your kind of symptoms and, and, you know, how, how did you, how did you end up finding that diagnosis? Yeah, well, it's interesting because for me, it actually began in my early 30s. Wow. Um, okay. But 
<laughs> what you're saying is so fascinating because I had a conversation with Brett Buchert, who works for the International Association of Premenstrual Disorders, and she has read all my books. And um, and just to be clear, I actually did have another book before I'll tell you in person. It was called Legs Get Led Astray. Oh, so I have, okay. that was my first book. Um, it was on a very small press. So that was essays. And then I'll tell you, and then my book women, and then I'll tell you in person, but Brett has read every single book. And she was kind of saying to me, she was like, are you sure you didn't have PMDD in your twenties? And, <laughs> and I think she's onto something. And I think you're onto something. I think, I know I always struggled with my period and I definitely what, have. What age did you start your period? If you don't 11, 11. 11. Wow. Okay. What yeah. about you? I mean, I didn't start until like 15 okay. um, yeah. and I remember like all my friends had started and like, yeah, I was just really late to it. And I remember like that, I'm not even that, like, I wasn't a sporty person in school, but I ended up doing hurdles like at, at, at school, like some, I don't know, maybe half an hour from my high school, which is yeah. so out of character for me. And I was wearing white shorts. Oh my God, no. <laughs> so I was doing hurdles, which is something that's so out of character. And then I started my period in these white shorts. That's and it was worst. And I remember like I was on the bus back and one of my friends was like, oh, I feel like I'm going to get a nosebleed. Like I'm going to get a nosebleed. I can like feel like I can smell blood. And I was like, yeah at that point I didn't even think about it because I'd never had a period I didn't even know what like right. that felt like and then I went right. to my friend's house and and looked and I was like oh okay wow I've started my period wow yeah that's a good actually first period story so my new book um I have to send you a copy it's called yes. Red Zone I've been reading about it there's a chapter so wow. to show how all like people of, of different genders and different ethnicities different locations mm. how they all experience your first period oh god I wish I had you in there because that's that's such an interesting <laughs> such an interesting story especially the person saying like they could smell blood I know um, <laughs> I was 11 and I I always struggled with cramps I would say I had more physical symptoms at first, which were yeah. just really the cramps. And I had like pretty heavy periods. I think, um, it's always hard to remember what your periods were like so much as a teenager. And I think that's because we're told like our, our culture is like kind of obsessed with being like, Oh, just deal with it, you know, and just like get over it. And we're not really, we're not taught about like the nuances of how to support mm -hmm. any kind of PMS. Like, and that's a lot in my book in these chapters, like everyone, I was like 30 people interviewed and each person about their first period, pretty much every third, every person says no one ever talked to me about PMS, wow. which is so crazy and sad actually. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's usually just the parent saying, Hey, here's a pad, here's a tampon, mm -hmm. go ahead. Mm -hmm. But that's it. And that's, that's really that's not helpful when you're 11 years old, 12 years old, 15 years old, and you need a little bit of direction. So I think the world is changing in terms of that, which is great. But yeah. I definitely, as a teenager, you know, was moody. Who, who's to really say, like, I, I, what I know is that what I experienced with PMDD in my thirties was a feeling I had never felt in my mm. life. Um, and, so, and so how did that, like, so you kind of went from quite, so the pain side of things was like, you know, the, the main sort of problem when you came on, um, going into your thirties then, how, how did that kind of materialize? Was it just like one, one cycle you're like, holy shit, this is intense or. Yeah. It might've also been my late twenties. I feel like I just wasn't tracking it. So I think in my late twenties, I, I, it's just hindsight is so interesting. Cause I do look at some, and I've written so much about my life that it is kind of easy to look back on things and be like, was that PMDD actually, <laughs> but I wasn't tracking my period and like period tracking apps didn't even really exist when I was in my, you know, mid twenties. <laughs> um, so I do, I do now wonder if some of those those kind of episodes I'm thinking about one relationship in particular that was very tumultuous that I wrote about in my book women um and I was around 28 so I think like it was started to like climb in but then like around age 31 30 31 it got really loud and that was where the cramps I was still getting but really the problem was the emotional and mental aspects of it psychological aspects which were like rage paranoia um, obsessiveness, anger, mm -hmm. those were my main, my main symptoms. And then from, I mean, at that point, were you like, 
okay, is this only me that's going through this? Or like, did you feel, because I know for me, I kind of felt isolated for a really long time. Um, And like, I think my friends just kind of, they thought I was quite highly strung growing up. Do you know what I mean? So it's like, I was like the life and soul of like, you know, lunchtime, I'd be the one who'd kind of be doing the stupid stuff and like, you know, and then I could also be like so high, but then also so low. And I think people were just kind of confused by that, but also interested in that. Do you know what I mean? And like, I think it was for me, my mum was like, she had it as well. So she's undiagnosed, but I mean, like, I've got memories of being like eight or nine and my mum like running out of the house and like disappearing for like the afternoon because she's in a fit of rage. And she said she didn't have it until she was fine until she started having children and then everything kind of tipped over and she was like, whoa, this is like so intense. Um, so I kind of had that. So we luckily I had my mum to kind of like see. Yeah, that's great. That. Yeah. Um, I mean, like for her, she, you know, she's now 61. Um, and you know, she well, 61 later this month. <laughs> and um, but yeah, she kind of just learned as well to just be like, I'll just get on with this. There's no kind of information out there. I'll just carry on with this in my life. I just, you know, have to go through it every single month. And she never really did anything about it because she didn't know that she could. Um, right. And then it was only that when I, when I was having it and she said, you know, cause I don't have children. She's like, you've got it worse than me that I kind of started fighting for answers and looking at treatment plans and, you know, going down that route. Um, and then I started moody girl. And then it was like, Whoa, like loads of people have this. Yeah. <laughs> and like yeah. it opened up this huge network, you know? So yeah. I mean, when you started experiencing, experiencing those kind of symptoms, where, like, where did you go? What, how, who did you turn yeah. to? Yeah. I mean, that was 2017, 2016, mm-hmm. 2017. So, you know, the internet has been evolving really quickly. And so yeah. even, even then, even though it seems like not that long ago, there were less resources. Mm-hmm. Um, like the amount of PMDD accounts on Instagram I see now, I did yeah. not those did not exist in 2017. Um, so so I feel like I found out about PMDD, like right on the cusp. Um, I had never heard of PMDD. I really don't think I had until, yeah, I was talking with my therapist about what was going on and she, I think had experienced it before and thank God for that because Mm -hmm. she was able to help me through it. She was able to name it. I remember her saying it was like, you know, the light bulb moment where Mm -hmm. you're like, Oh, there's, actually a thing for this you know um she said have you heard of PMDD and I said I don't think so and she told me what it was and of course I went home and started looking everything up and you know I'm a writer so I got really into it and really researching it um there wasn't a lot but I did find the IAPMD website which was super helpful yeah yeah and what was so great was that they were having an in-person this was obviously pre-pandemic, they were having an in-person convention called Break the Cycle. Uh, So I immediately, and like my husband who, you know, we were early dating at that point. So that was really the challenge. And that's what the book is about because how you're, I'm like falling in love with this person and then having these PMDD episodes, it, it was so hard to navigate. So He's like, you're going to that convention. I'm like, I am going. So I signed up. It was in Florida. Um, Yeah. So I went there and was able to meet all these amazing, like high functioning, really cool women and, Mm -hmm. and people and talk with them and learn a lot. And um, I taught a writing class there that was like, had everyone writing about their first period. Mm -hmm. Um, And that was an amazing experience. I'm so glad I went because they actually haven't had it since in person. They haven't had one. So I just am so lucky they were having it that year. So they were an amazing resource. Um, The people who founded it, like Brett, who created the Me Versus PMDD app, I connected with her. Um, And then the other place that I actually found support was Reddit. (laughs) <laughs> and, oh, okay. and I have okay. I have Reddit chapters all through my book because there's a group on Reddit called like Werewolf Week. Well, it's called PMDD, and then they call it like Werewolf Week, and and the tagline is, "Now we can all feel crazy together." And everyone posts about like a rant or event or a question, like everything, meds and supplements and blah blah blah, on and on and on. And that was the most helpful, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't usually post things, but I read everything and that helped me realize that like you could take antidepressants for it and 
Um, so Reddit, and I was also getting along with like my, with PMDD, I would also get really bad acne. So Reddit also helped with helping me clear my skin. So I was just like, I love Reddit. Mm-hmm. Um, it was so helpful. So if anyone out there is struggling, like go over to the Reddit PMDD page, like it, it's so incredibly important. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like is, is Reddit, like, I don't know, I know that it's accessible here in the UK, but I feel like maybe in America, it's more of a bigger thing. Maybe it's just that I haven't really used it too much in the UK. I think it depends like what you're looking for. Like a lot of people like TikTok cause it's visual, but for me, I'm like a reader, I'm cerebral and I like to read and write. So for me, I'm like, I don't care about TikTok. I just read yeah. Reddit all day yeah, totally. <laughs> um, because people are on there to help each other. It's not like Instagram of like pretty photos. It's like, you're getting information and like you can get information about like products because no one's trying to sell you anything so there's something really authentic yeah about reddit yeah Yeah. cool um since there are no images so yeah that and so what ended up happening i wrote a chapter in the book that was there's a reddit thread on pms where it says like hey ladies like what did pms make you cry about this month and everyone has their answers and i looked at it and i was like that's when i also realized like wow PMDD is so not PMS. So like I, I, I wrote this chapter and it's like all these people saying like, oh, my cat is like so fluffy and it made me cry. Or like I watched a Disney movie and it made me cry. And, you know, um, but then I went over to the other thread and it was like people that were like, I can't cope. And mm-hmm. I'm, you know, having suicidal ideation or no one believes me or I lashed out at my kid. Um, I got in a fight at the dog park, like these things that were a lot more intense. Mm -hmm. So I put those two chapters. I don't think they're quite back to back, but they're in the book just to show the difference because that to me, that was the best way to show it rather than like be explaining it. When you see these threads, then you really see like, okay, PMS is normal. Like, yeah, you're supposed to feel that of course. Yeah. But this other thing is a whole other, it's a whole other animal. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like, I swear, I, maybe I've seen it on IAPMD, but um, they compare it to like a sprained wrist to like a broken arm, you know, or like a mig- um, like a, a headache to a, like an extreme migraine where you can't get out of bed. It's like yeah. that black and white. And I mean, like, and as well, like, I'll never, I'll never say to someone, your PMS isn't valid because like, you know, you can still feel crummy and have PMS and that's you know that's okay and you can like nourish your body still um but it's just that kind of differentiation between between the two is so important so I think it's good that you've highlighted that in your book for sure yeah Yeah. um I mean like in terms of kind of where you're at health-wise now like Mm -hmm. so I know personally for me um so I was I got diagnosed and then I went on to HRT for five years which is hormone replacement therapy and then like it got to the point where after five years, my husband was like, I don't see that much of a difference in you now. Mm-hmm. You know, oh. I d- he was like, I feel like it served a purpose when I was in London. I was working, you know, quite an, an intense job there. Um, and I really needed that to kind of get through that stage of my life. Um, but from that now, it was 2020, it was like lockdown. And, you know, I knew that I wasn't going to have to be going into a job for like three or four months. So I was just like, okay, this is the moment now. Like my skin had flared up. I had psoriasis like all over my arms, all of my legs. It was flaring up my face. And I was just like, ah, I just don't feel comfortable with like putting all of these gels on my body every day is kind of coming out in different ways. I'm still moody as hell. Like, and I'm still having these black hole moments like every single month. So it was there that I was like, okay, now's the time I'm going to detox like really intensely. I'm going to come off HRT slowly, which I did. And now it's been like a supplement. How do you take that? Yeah. So it's like a transdermal gel that I had. Um, and then I would have to take, because I still have a womb, I have to take like, um, that was eutrogestion, which is progesterone tablets for 10 days. And those sent me like, as soon I was like always warning my husband, like it's big pill day, just so you know, I'm starting to be progesterone didn't make you feel better. Yeah, no, it didn't for me. It's made me really, yeah. What about you? I'm interested in this, um, for a totally different reason, which is infertility. And people are saying, progesterone helps with that but then I'm trying to see if there's a correlation between Mm. PMDD and that and Mm. some people are saying that 
progesterone really helps them with PMDD mm. and others say the opposite. So of course it's like, it's there's, the, no, there's, answer. there's yeah. no one fix for PMDD. I think it's yeah. like, you just, I know as a person, I'm quite sensitive, um, like in terms of like emotions and yep. I pick things up. So if I have a conversation, if someone's like upset, I'll kind of take that emotion on board, you know? And I think that's, that's the, the type part of, of person. It. Yeah. So, I mean, you, you know, it's, it's normal kind of uh, rise and fall of, and a lot, a lot of people are like, oh, you've got a hormonal imbalance. It's not an imbalance. It's just the fact that I'm super sensitive to sensitive. the way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so, I mean, it was from there that I was just like, okay, I'm detoxing. And then like, I got, I found like an amazing medical herbalist and she kind of helped me with herbs for my skin at the time, which then kind of helped hand in hand with, you know, my periods. I, I would say like my psychological effects are still not, you know, I'm, I'm not cured. There's no cure. Um, but I wouldn't say there's, there's a huge difference from when I was on HRT and not. So now I'm just like natural. I'm not on any contraceptive. I'm not on any sort of medication. Um, oh, wow. I've just kind of come out of that and I'm just, yeah. you know, I'm still, it's still a working progress for me. Um, but I'm kind of interested in holistic ways of, you know, looking at that and maybe looking outside the box a bit. Um, mm-hmm. So, I mean, yeah. for you, like, I was wondering, I know that, you know, from when from when you wrote your first book and from where you are now, where, you know, you're, you're releasing your fourth one um, and it's very much focused on PMDD and periods and, and your kind of journey through that. Um, have you found that, like, writing has, has provided you with solace when you're kind of experiencing these, like, uh, symptoms each month? Has that been a, th- a form of, like, healing for you? Well, I've never been able to work on my book when I'm in a PMDD episode. It's just not what you're thinking. It's not what you're thinking about. Yeah. I mean, like, no, I understand when you're in that you're in that and you're not like, Mm -hmm. oh, I should work on a chapter, you know? So that's sort of interesting. So it was challenging to get PMDD on the page, Mm -hmm. um, of what it feels like, because whenever I was actually working on my book, I would feel more, you know, good. Yeah. Um, But I will say that like having the space of a book to look at patterns and, you know, talk about things and meander and like really reflect mm-hmm. um, is helpful and has been helpful. And I, I, um, I kind of have a joke because I, I wrote this essay that just came out today on nylon and it's about period apps and it's about how they kind of get you like more into your phone and like more disconnected from your body and how they just want you to upgrade. They just want money from us anyway. Like, are they actually helping us? Um, so like what you're saying with holistic, holistic things, like I had a friend be like, Oh, I think the moon is actually more helpful for me to track my period than the app. Um, so I kind of was thinking like, cause I was using a period app at the time that I was experiencing PMDD episodes to like take notes of like how I felt and what day it was. But then I just needed more space. Like I just needed a bigger, um, creative medium. And that's why I wrote the book. I'm like, I have more to say about this. I have more to think about this. So I do think facing PMDD, like on the page and really looking at it and like, you know, there's like fights between my husband and I in the book and looking at those patterns and the kind of cyclical behavior was really helpful because I just feel so much more aware of PMDD. And I feel like the sort of, uh, you know, if there's like a moral of the book would be that I finally integrated PMDD into my, and my period, like into my life rather than when I was first dealing with it, I saw it as like a completely separate thing than me. I was like, oh my God, this thing is so annoying. And I like, I hated it and I was ashamed of it and I resisted it and I didn't want to admit it. You know, I denied it. And then by the end of the book, it's more like, this is just one aspect and how do I integrate that with all of the other aspects of who I am and, and accept it. And the book ends with me, like, you know, I had my period on my wedding day. Cause I always have my period. Like, I just feel like I get it on every single event. So it kind of ends at the wedding of just being like, you know what, this is my like spiritual journey. And this is what I have to work with and how, how can I accept it into my life? Because railing against it and like ignoring it and not wanting it is not, that was not helpful for me. 
I just wanted to talk to you a little bit about Cytoplan, a unique science-based supplement company with many years of experience in nutritional science and whose emphasis is on quality of product. My medical herbalist swears by them as they don't use any unnecessary bulking agents. Before I found out about Cytoplan, I was taking up to eight supplements a day, all with bulking agents in them. It was such a relief to find out Cytoplan products are extremely pure. I now use them daily and I would recommend them to anyone looking for quality vitamins and supplements. They have a great range for many different health benefits. So if you'd like to find out more, please follow the link in the bio of this episode and check out Cytoplan. You won't regret it. And, you know, the the other kind of message in the book is that things, not just PMDD, but like anything you're dealing with is usually a layered treatment approach. And there isn't a magic pill or magic bullet. And like, that was what was so frustrating about PMDD for a long time. It's like, okay, if I do a ton of walking, a ton of yoga, and then I also am eating really perfectly and I'm not having caffeine and I'm not having alcohol and I go to therapy and I go to acupuncture, maybe I won't have a PMDD episode. Like that's just hard. You know, you can't have, it's like a part-time job. It's it's unrealistic. And and like, and it's money. It's like, who's got the money? Who's got the time? Like it's so high maintenance to, to do that. But it is a layered that what I realized for me was like, it wasn't just like going on a pill to take it away. It had to be like, there were deeper like wounds at the heart of why I was having these explosions. And I realized a lot of those were like trust issues stemming from my childhood and like (sighs) um, divorce and stuff. So once I started to really work on those, some of my symptoms started to lessen. And that Mm -hmm. was in conjunction with also 10 milligrams, like the lowest dose of Prozac leading up to my period, Mm -hmm. um, you know, along with vitamin D and iron and, you know, I go to acupuncture occasionally and I make sure to take long walks because they like help with cramps and stuff, but just to, it's a lot of trial and error, um, and just treating yourself nicely and treating yourself well around your period instead of, instead of, um, ignoring it. Cause I feel like I ignored my period and like my PMS for so long. And I feel like my theory is that that's why in my thirties, it like exploded at me and it was like dominant, it dominated me. I think that's so interesting. Cause I mean, like I kind of look at it and although when sometimes when I lash out and afterwards I'll say to my husband, like, Oh, sorry, it was just the PMDD. He was like, but didn't you say like, PMDD is like actually your real feelings like coming out (laughs) because I can't sometimes feel like if I'm if I'm at a point in my life which isn't kind of like serving me in terms of like you know the people I'm hanging out with the life patterns that I you know if I'm going out and drinking loads and like the conversations are quite like toxic or you know and then I come back and then that really affects me and then when I finally come on period, I'll know that that, that kind of cycle is going to be a particularly bad one. Um, I know. And then, and then I'll think about all of those things and it will, and it will kind of highlight those. And the older I've got, the more I'm like, is that a bad thing? You know, like, is it a bad thing that it actually makes me confront that confront those things that throughout the other weeks of the month, I'm just like, yeah, that's fine. I'm just going to carry on getting on with that. I'm going to keep doing these things that aren't doing well for me. Um, you know, and so sometimes I see it as a positive, I flip it on its head and I'm like, actually like, no, that's not good for me. Uh, so let's eliminate that from my life. No. I love that. I love you that know? way of thinking. I, I had something recently. A few, I got my period like a few, maybe like four or five days ago. And like, I was having kind of a problem with um, a student on email. And I had like a really firm boundary that I don't know if I would have had at different times in my cycle, but like they were really pushing my boundaries. And I wrote something back that's super firm. And usually I'm like, overly generous and like Mm. let everyone kind of like I give a lot and I wrote an email that just had like the firmest boundary and I sent it and I got my period the next day and I was like hmm (laughs) like I was like that's good that I sent that like she Ah. needed to receive that email and that was what I was doing to set up boundaries for myself and I don't know if I would have done that at another point in my cycle so I like what you're saying and it's funny you say that about like you and your husband because there is a dialogue in my book where like I have this kind of stupid freak out and then my husband was like 
it's not, he's like, it's not even PMDD time though. And then I say, well, that wasn't PMDD. That was just my personality. (laughs) So it's like, (laughs) what part is which, and there is overlap. And like, yeah, you know, I, I feel like we PMDD people have this rap of like, people have this reputation of people being like, oh, well then you can just blame everything on your period. It's like, no, that's not what I do. That's not what I want to do. I would never, why would we ever make this up? It's like such hell. Of course we don't want to have it. It sucks. So I just think it's so stupid when people just think you like want to blame your period, you know, it's not that at all. Yeah, no. And I mean, like, I just think, well, for, for me, I also, as the older I've got, I've actually, I, I usually find now ovulation quite, quite intense I'll like mm-hmm. as soon as I ovulate I'll like today I've had like two naps <laughs> I'm just like and they're not just like 20 minute naps like two hour mm-hmm. separate naps <laughs> and I was, my husband's wow, like nice. you know wow like that's that's quite full on <laughs> I'm, 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 I get really I'm, bad acne yeah I notice now my acne is when I ovulate really and then, I mean mm-hmm. like in, I in um I'll I'll tell you in person you were going through like a real journey with your acne yes um and I mean like I kind of I've experienced that with psoriasis so like PMDD was like always something I struggled with and then all of a sudden psoriasis was chucked into the mix and I was like oh my god like I can't (laughs) do this when both when both are going on it's how do we even get I don't know how I even got through that yeah I struggled really bad with acne in my late 20s and I wasn't tracking my period and looking back I'm sure that I I'm sure it was because it was monthly and I'm I'm sure it was around my cycle each month yeah how how did you get a hold on your skin do you think it was like kind of healing reddit (laughs) oh really again (laughs) reddit skincare if you go to skincare addiction like reading about skincare and what has worked for other acne sufferers introduced me to ingredients that I should have been using that sadly dermatologists are just stupid and they tell give everyone the benzoyl peroxide to dry mm-hmm. out their skin like like teenagers in the 90s whereas there's just like lactic acid glycolic acid like all these acids they mostly keep um, my skin and clear and sulfur sulfur mm-hmm. soap there's some there's some skincare stuff in the book because like yeah, it can't, like to be suffering mentally from PMDD and feeling like paranoid and everyone hates you and that you hate everyone and that you want to, you know, you just want to be alone and you want to die. And I don't mean like suicidal, but I'm just being hyperbolic. And then also having to have really bad cystic acne at the same time and deal with that. It is just, it, it's a nightmare. It's a nightmare. So yeah, I feel like I worked really hard on all aspects of it. Like the skincare part but that also goes with stress right so like cortisol and stress makes skin worse and it's definitely not what you want to hear when you're experiencing it because you're like I can't help if I'm stressed I mean everybody's stressed and they don't all get cystic acne so yeah so I think it's just like yeah reading reading about skincare there's so many good resources now and like there's skincare podcasts now and stuff and that has just that's really helped and now I have like the products that work for me and my skin is mostly good because I used to get like a cyst a month and now it's maybe once a year so wow. I've come a long way and heal, healed healed my skin was kind of healing in conjunction with PMDD and mm. um, my my other issues yeah is that, are there any kind of like rituals that you kind of do now as well so obviously reddit's been really important for you Um, (laughs) no but I mean it's you know it's really interesting and in terms of like reading other people's stories and being able to engage and I think that's that's a form of therapy that's a form of healing being able to interact with other people who understand your situation because I mean that's why I started moody girl you know all those years ago I started it because at that time I didn't even know that IAPMD existed I didn't yeah, know you were one of the first Instagram accounts. Yeah. So, I mean, and it was about this stuff. Exactly. And it was, it was only because I was just so frustrated with like nobody understanding. And then it was like, oh, wow, IAPMD is out there. A vicious cycle PMDD in the UK is, is out there. And I was like, okay, there's people already doing this. That's amazing. Um, so it kind of opened up that and just that dialogue, it, it really kind of was a really good part of healing for me um so yeah so I think that's really important I mean in terms of like daily life now are there any kind of things that you do or um can like say to people um you know recommendations um that that work for you to kind of like maybe calm calm yourself down or you know make yourself feel more relaxed or be more accommodating of those emotions and feelings that you're going to go through yeah 
Yeah. One thing I do is I definitely make sure that I'm tracking it really well. Mm -hmm. Um, and that I have like the window that I know I'm going to want to be most likely solo, um, and not have like obligations and things like that. So I, I think about that stuff in advance. Now I used to feel like I did it too late because I would just hope for the best and like, oh, I'll be fine. You know, I'll be fine. I can control it. That was like my attitude at first. And then you're stuck in a situation where you have like a presentation at work or for me teaching a class or being in a family event at like mm. the worst time. So now I really protect that time, whether it's three days, whether it's a week um, to make sure I'm going to have enough downtime that I need. And I just, I really take that downtime. And I think it's like a great time to just go inward and like stay home and take baths, watch movies, get food that you like and be nice to yourself instead of, I just don't believe in like the white knuckling through anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like that's what I did all of my twenties and, and as a teenager of like, you just suffer through everything and you pretend it's not happening and you're in like major pain. Mm -hmm. whether that's psychological or physical. Mm -hmm. And that's really unhealthy. Like I was just talking to um, the BBC because Australia is about to make it the law that people get 10 days menstrual leave. Wow. Yeah. I mean, the law. Yeah. yeah. I was literally <laughs> looking at this the other day because I was like, so now with my period, I like, I, so not only do I get the psychological side of things, which I can kind of handle now, but now it's like, since I've come off HRT, I have extreme pain, like real bad pain, um, which I'm kind of like going to get looked at anyway to see if anything else is going on. But to the point where I have to kind of, I'm always, I'm always like I'm hungover after because I'll be up all night with, with pain, like big oh, pain. Yeah. And then like, I'm so hungover the next day. I'm like, I can't go and sit in the office right now. I can't go to work. You know, oh, I feel, I feel like it would be detrimental for me to be there. Do you know what I mean? Because like, I'm so like lethargic. I'm like exhausted. I'm like dosed up on like, you know, um, at the moment, my medical herbalist has given me like some pain um, ointment or not ointment, like um, solution that I'll take in a pipette because I was taking too many Nurofen, which is like strong ibuprofen. Mm -hmm. So I've tried to like minimize that to half and then have like a pipette of this pain stuff which tastes awful, but I mean, I just do it, but I'm dosed up on a little bit, like not myself. And I'm just like, why do you, why do I have to feel so bad about like having to call and work from home, you know? Um, and I was looking into it and like, um, I think like India as well and China, they also give you like one day per month menstrual leave. But I was reading that like, um, in, China and specifically women really don't want to take those that day off mm -hmm. because it makes them look inferior in the office right. so it's like oh Rachel's taking a menstrual day you know, know. and it's I like know. I don't I don't want to feel like that but you do feel inferior you do feel like you know I'm, I'm not going to be able to keep up with the men because you know I I, I feel like shit right now you know that's exactly what the person I was speaking to was saying um, at the BBC of how does that work? And women aren't going to want to take it because they're mm -hmm. going to feel like they're falling behind. And I think that's really where like the real work also comes in and how to change yeah. that because, and then I was talking with her about like how I hate the quote, anything you can do, I can do bleeding. Cause I'm like, no, I can't actually. And I don't want to, like, I, I, I understand the spirit of the quote and I, and, but yeah, yeah may sure. maybe but, if you have like a regular period, then yes, fine. Yes, yes, of course. That's your a great period quote for you. <laughs> doesn't affect you at all. If it doesn't affect you at all, then sure. But of course it affects everyone a little bit. Not that it's PMDB or even PMS, but like it does affect you because your body is doing something. Yeah, right? totally, totally. So, I think that that's where the work is to be done is that people should take the menstrual leave without, without having a stigma around it, but that'll be the next, you know, there's always like the next piece of work. So maybe now the work is like that people are even get it offered to them. Like, that's amazing. Right. That's huge. And then from there, I think also a lot of it comes down to people who don't menstruate need to learn about things like that's who should really be reading my book is people who don't menstruate because Absolutely. they can learn a lot about their partners and who they live with. So it should be from school age, in my opinion, yeah. like elementary school, you know, 
you can it needs to yeah de destigmatize destigmatized um and i mean even now like i i am moody girl but you know it's it's fine situations where it's awkward and i and i want to kind of pretend that i'm not moody girl do you know That's what i mean me too yeah because yeah. there's a there's a time and a place and like sometimes you don't want to be seen for the person who struggles like with her period then you know the person next to you yes. who's getting on with everything quite contently um yes. doesn't struggle and then instantly but maybe they struggle with that. something else but that's the thing yeah. it's like that's where periods need to be like neutralized like not even normalized it's like neutralized too because why is it more like why is it expected in our culture that you can call in sick and be like oh I'm just like so hungover and people mm. think that that's cool or like a backache say say you've got yeah. like so you've got like um I don't migraine know. food yeah. poisoning and those Mig could all be lies and people really? are like okay but then if you actually have like which is a fact of like no I have an egg literally traveling through me and it causes pain like why yeah. can't it just be like neutral but instead because for so many years it was like used to bully you know girls like on the mm -hmm. playground and stuff and that's where the real mistake was too because boys should have been learning about it and a lot of these stories in my book of the of the women I interviewed most of them said like, oh yeah, the teacher showed a video just to the girls. Like, yeah. a, like, so they don't, they just don't know. And I think if they had learned on a scientific level, what was happening and to like, to honor that we would be in a different situation right now. But I do think the new generation schools are presenting mm -hmm. it more mm -hmm. that way. Um, so I do have hope for like, you know, the newer generations. Yeah, I think so too. I think it's, I think it's kind of like, as you say, like unpicking the years of how it's been represent represented throughout life in all different cultures, you know? Um, right. And, and that's even with myself, like unpicking the shame behind that, unpicking, you know, and there's as much as I'm open about it, as much as I can be, um, there's still kind of shame behind it as well. Like I would much yeah. prefer if I could just go about my life and not have Me to do with this like monkey on my back all the time you know and so yes. it's like great yeah okay fine I've finished my period and now I'm like I'm actually feeling even after my period I'm like I have the hangover and then I'm just exhausted and I'm like my poor husband he's probably like when are we gonna have a good day you know a normal week a normal week I call it the golden week yeah yeah so I mean I think it's I think it's as, as well like each month for me is never the same um and I do kind of take each month for like with a new kind of hope um and and mind frame like yep yeah, it's fine you're going to get through this and you know and hopefully I'm I mean I do eventually want to have children that scares me slightly um about like the repercussions of afterwards but I'm going to kind of like yeah. deal with that as and when um there's yeah, no point exactly. kind of stressing about that before it happens um yeah but yeah, so I mean, in terms of like where you are now, mm. um, I know that you've kind of you've you've kind of way more kind with yourself during your cycles. You're, you're, you've got a husband who understands, you know, the turmoil. That's also, by the way, for anyone who's listening, who's like got PMDD and with a partner who's abusive with it and tries to kind of use that in a way that's gaslighting you to feel like you're inferior um or like you're a broken person then my advice would be get rid because that's never going to work for you no, ever never. um you aren't like you aren't a damaged person. Like, I think if anything, it makes you more um, in tune with like situations and feelings and you're, you know, every, so I've met so many, so many women who have it, who are just like so interesting and have so many cool things to talk about. Um, so, yeah, so I think that's, I mean, for us, I feel that we're kind of both in a similar situation where we've found the right, the right partner for us. Yeah. Um, who understands it that's like one in in fundamental you know for me um, I've been in previous relationships where I was like yeah you should go on the contraceptive pill um, and I'm like I knew that wasn't going to work for me because it sends me bad shit um, but I did it anyway and you know like in university I was like you know I took I think all I took was four contraceptive pills and I couldn't leave my room I was like 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 in a ball, just like so stressed out, just like I can't leave. Okay, the same exact thing happened to me. Really? Mm -hmm. I took them like four days. I was having like images of 
guns and like I was like what is going on I was crying and so I just flushed them all down the toilet literally me too I was just like no way like I am not doing this just like just so like you feel happy that I'm on contraception like a contraceptive pill also why is it always the women that have to have the contraceptive pill like we've already got all these hormones rushing through our bodies and then we just have to mess with them more and it's like I don't know what was I don't know how it was in America but in the UK it was like soon as you kind of hit like 14 your friends are like yeah I'm on the pill I went to the doctor and yeah I just said that I got migraines and then um they put me on the pill and so like here I just went to the the GP and was just like yeah I get really bad migraines so just because I wanted to fit in like a you know like a sheep that I was yeah. <laughs> but I mean I was 15 you want to kind of blend in and yeah and then so you go on this this pill and that's it for you know my friends have just only come off it and they're like 31 32 and they've been on it for 15 16 years I'm just like that yep. cool. I have friends who've done that too and I think everyone wanted to go on it because it was people would go on it for acne mm. too and it would like clear your skin but then you would have these other side effects um there's an amazing video in the new york times i think it's called birth control your own adventure it gets into pmdd as well and this person tried everything for what was she experiencing well she got off her birth control was the first thing and then she had an iud and then she got pmdd and then she had to try this med and this med it's this beautifully done artistic video i can send it to you after our talk um please do but she talks about how it makes you a different person and how when you get off it you like find out who you really are and then but then what's happening with uh, at least what i see on like pmdd reddit is people have been on it since like you're saying since a teenager and then they get off it they're like 30 they want to have kids or whatever and then they get pmdd Mm -hmm. so i've seen a lot of that as well yeah it's yeah I'm, I'm just, I think the, the key for me has been to just like to shrink the symptoms like this is what I learned at that conference was like okay if your symptoms are 10 days working on it so that it can lessen and I mean my heart goes out to the people who like feel it after like you ovulate and then you're in two weeks of PMDD and I used to have I used to have more like 10 days wow. um and then I kind of got it to seven and then I got it to five. And now to be honest with you, I really only have like one bad day. Wow. Which is amazing. Yeah. 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 That's, I mean, incredible. And I think it's, that's a lot, a lot to kind of say about maybe where you are in your life as well. Mm-hmm. You've kind mm-hmm. of, one, you've made peace with it. Um, mm-hmm. You're not trying to fight against it. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and I think that helps. Yeah. A hundred percent. And I feel like, in a way, you know, I, I think I'm, I'm still kind of working through that. And I'm, I, I feel like I am. And then it happens. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> Oh, <Me laughs> maybe, I, maybe I haven't yeah. made peace with this thing. <laughs> yeah, it was funny, because like, my book actually releases tomorrow. And I hadn't really had a PMDD episode for a while. And then like two months ago, and then I was doing interviews about the book, and I was feeling kind of disconnected from PMDD, because yeah. I'm like, yeah. Oh, it seems like another lifetime. But then I got one. And I was like, okay, A, this reminds me that this is real. B, this is good for my book because now I'll be more in touch with what those feelings are because let's say you do get like medicated or you figure it out or you're not having them. You you do forget how real the feelings are at the time. Mm. So I am glad I documented it when I did because it was such a strange time in my life and I had never felt that like dysphoria before you know premenstrual dysphoric disorder like it's a scary feeling so Mm. I'm glad that I I'm glad I got it down because I feel like otherwise I would have just you you forget things and especially when you recover and then you just think like oh maybe it wasn't that bad but now I have my book to prove to me like no it was that bad (laughs) it's like a, a big fog is over is over my brain and then it's like I don't even know what happened there. I can't remember what I said or, yeah. you know, and it's, it's crazy. And I think like, in terms of, in terms of your book, like, did you find, I, I don't know, like for me, when I first started Moody Girl, I started speaking about PMDD a lot. So originally, like when I started it, I was like severe PMS. Cause that's what I thought it was. And then I finally got the diagnosis and then I would do a lot of like interviews and I was kind of like opening up more. And then like when I really started to like analyze it and go into like the quite like turbulent years that I've been through with this, um, 
afterwards I'd almost like feel so exhausted I was like during it I'd feel like super hyped and like yes this has been like locked inside of me for all these years and I can finally speak about it and then afterwards I was just like wow I'm like I need to like close the door not speak to anyone turn the lights off and just sleep for like five hours (laughs) did you kind of find that when you kind of put the pen to paper did you find it like quite did it triggering or did it bring up anything or was it more kind of healing for you I enjoyed writing about it, but the thing is I started it in 2017 and now it's 2022. So I am in a different space with Mm -hmm. it. And so I'm going to have to be going out and like you're saying, like doing all this press and talk about PMDD. And I feel, I don't feel as connected and passionate about PMDD as I did in 2018. Um, because I'm in a, that's how it works. Like when you write memoir and nonfiction, like you're growing in real time. Like I'm not stuck in the past. So I'm like, oh, my life is in a different place, but I'm going to do my best to still honor it and speak about it. Um, but I'm also ready to, to move on from it and move forward with my life. Like, I don't really feel strong about it as my identity. Like, I don't feel like I'm Chloe. I have PMDD. I don't feel that way. I feel like PMDD is super mysterious. I don't feel like once you get the diagnosis, you have it. I think like you're saying, I think it's cycle to cycle. In some cycles, yes, I think they could qualify as PMDD. Other cycles, I think they're severe PMS. Other cycles, mm-hmm. regular PMS. Like that's where I'm at right now. Yeah. I yeah. will in 2017 and 2018, PMDD. Like I remember yeah. how that felt. And that was PMDD. But I don't feel I, I don't I like I identify with the label a little bit. I like that it's out there. It's super helpful. It's a fascinating concept and disorder and heartbreaking really and it's heartbreaking to see how many people do suffer from it and the more you openly talk about something like you said then you see all these people are suffering with it and this is with everything um and if you you know are courageous enough to come forward like you were back when no one was really talking about it then you you learn that there's people you can really help so I'm just hoping that is where I was at when I first learned about it will now have this book um that is someone first person going through it versus, cause when I was looking for a book, all of the books were scientific. And yeah. when you're in PMDD, you don't care about science and like, you, the facts. you just want like firsthand experience. Yeah. You just want someone who's like gone through and like made it out to the other side or, or not even made it out, but like is gone through it and not like, okay, well you can take this vitamin and this did it. Like, it's just a different kind of thing. So I think it's a really unique book. And I hope people that are like, I think it's for anybody, but definitely I think it will help people who are like just discovering PMDD or feel like they have had it or, or suffer with PMS and, and that they can be open about it. I just don't, I don't believe in like suffering in silence anymore about it or, or thinking like, oh, I can't like, oh, it's just my period. I should be able to handle it. I'm not going to like try a med. It's like, no, go ahead. Like if you're suffering, life's too short. You don't, you don't have to suffer with this. Absolutely. You know? And I think I used to have all this like taboo about like going on meds and stuff and I had never been on meds and I like didn't want to, but then you just kind of have to get over it. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And I think like, I resonate with that so much because when I first started Moody Girl, it was like, it was so enlightening for me. I opened this kind of new world. um, And then after about two years, I was like, I was actually finding it quite triggering because, you know, I'd get like private messages on my Facebook and people were kind of opening up loads, which was amazing. And but I, I kind of felt like at that time I wasn't qualified to be to be yeah. advising these people. I was like, who am I to be giving you, you know, life advice on how to get out of this right now? And I'd always kind of at that point, I was like steering them towards IAPMD because I was just like, that is where you're going to yeah, find the resources. It. Um, but yeah, so I kind of felt like that, that was like PMDD became, like became something that defined me. Um, and so I kind of took a break and that's kind of where I've been figuring stuff out. And I've been looking at myself holistically, like as a whole person, um, you know, and this podcast is kind of what about like holistic healing, but Mm -hmm. what I really wanted to do was to kind of have an episode, especially with you, because I know that we're both kind of on the same page with it. Um, and I, you know, and as you say, like 
with PMDD, there is no shame in kind of taking meds for it. And like for five years, I was on meds for it, you know, um, and it's only now that I've reached a point in my life where I have like a good foundation of where I'm living and my husband and my family are close by that I'm able to kind of wean myself off, off them. But it, it could be that someone else is in a position where they can't. So that's not anything to be kind of frowned upon. But I just think like, as you say, it becomes something that defines you. But I think for listeners, like it doesn't need to. And as you say, like you went to that conference and you met all of those highly functioning people. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I can say the same for us, you know, I think that, mm-hmm. you know, we've made the best of the situation yeah. um, <laughs> and we're kind of muddling our way through it each. Yes. Cycle. I mean, you have a po- you have a podcast, <laughs> you have a platform, I have a book. Like it is, it is interesting that that's what we, that's what we both did with it. Mm-hmm. And, um, that's something interesting too, about my book is it's not, my editor kind of helped me with that of saying like, you know what? It's not, she was like, let's shake off the identity of like being the period book and bring yeah. in other aspects. So like Absolutely. there's aspects about like me becoming a stepmom, and there's divorce and there's dating and like all different things, because it's like, it's, it's not just one thing goes to your looking at life and looking at PMDD holistically. Um, and I think for me, part of why the PMDD was exacerbated was because I was falling in love. And so all these issues were getting kicked up um, because I had never been in a serious relationship before. So PMDD in a way, you know, it, it becomes like your teacher, you know, what is it teaching you? I was on a podcast called um, Menstruality Podcast and I was talking with her, she's in the UK. Oh, cool. And um, she was great. And she was saying that there was a point in her life where she feels like she had PMDD and she had rage at her husband um, every month and they divorced. And she thinks her PMDD was telling her like she was in the wrong marriage. You know, like there is something, it's telling you something. Absolutely. It really is. Yeah. I just think, I think that is, honestly, I kind of got goosebumps there because that's like, as, as we were kind of touching on earlier, it does highlight things that aren't working in your life, you know? And it's just, it, it confronts you in like the most abrasive way. It's just like, if you're going to try and just like sit sit there and just ignore, ignore these things that's going on, like there's no way that PMDD is going to let you do that. So that's, that's exactly right. For me, yeah. it, was tr- it was trust issues. And once I healed those, like through yeah. therapy and through my husband and through myself and through you know, searching and spirituality and stuff. I'm at such a better, I'm at, I'm just in such a better place with it. And like, yeah, it was a lot of work. And I I resented the fact that I had to do all that work and couldn't just live my life normally and have a normal period and not have to have this period, like be the punctuation of like everything I was doing. But at the end of the day, I'm in some ways grateful for it. And I know if you're going through it hard, like really it's difficult right now. That's you don't want to hear it, but there is like a light at the end and you can, you know, reach out for support and like, try an acupuncturist, try a Reddit group or a support group, or, and like, you know, talk to other people who have it because otherwise it can become very lonely, but in ways, yeah, I'm, I'm grateful because it got me so much more in touch with my body and with health. And I understand things so much more, um, just the cycle. Cause you know, they call the cycle, like the fifth vital sign of health like it's something that should be looked at it's like what color is the blood you know what are your symptoms are are you getting migraines well then why you know there there's like something behind every symptom whether that symptom is physical or psychological there's something behind it and that was a great quote I got from the break the cycle conference because they said like every symptom is a need that is not being met Mm. and I thought that was so interesting and I, I still think about that all the time yeah, I mean, I haven't heard that quote, and that's something definitely I'll I'll be kind of thinking about yeah, good. as well. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, honestly, thank you so so much for chatting thank with me. You. Today. I've had like I felt like it's just like flown by. I just kind of looked at the time. I could talk time. to you forever. <laughs> yeah, talk to you forever. I'm so happy you're starting a podcast, and just Yay. thank you so much for having me. No worries. Honestly, it's been so good. Um, and thank you so much. We look forward to um your book being released as well. Yes, thank you. Talk to you later. Bye. And now we're going to finish on a short excerpt from Chloe's new book, The Red Zone. Enjoy. How a 
unfortunate that khakis were the popular pants during the years we were 11, 12, 13, 14. We would walk around saying, check my butt to each other. Pads in our pockets, tampons in our lockers, the smell of blood, the way you can smell the blood before you even begin bleeding. Rusty, why did we have to wear what everyone else was wearing? Why couldn't we have been empowered enough to change the trend, to wear dark denim or black? It had to be khakis from Old Navy or Gap, American Eagle or Limited too. On Instagram, an ad tells me to say goodbye to leak anxiety. But without leak anxiety, who would I be? How many hours of my life have I spent wondering if I was bleeding through my pants, realizing I had bled through my pants? How many pairs of jeans and underwear have I ruined because the blood came early or late or more heavily than I'd anticipated? Doctors and commercials and gynecologists and even friends often ask if your period is heavy. Articles, books, and podcasts refer to heavy periods. They say if your period is heavy, you might have a problem. But the real problem is that we were never told what a regular period should look like. At least in my middle school and high school, we were never handed three buckets of blood and told which one was light, regular, and heavy. We were never told how many tampons or pads was normal to fill during a period. I don't know if my period is heavy. I can only guess. Some months I bleed more than others. Heavy compared to what? Compared to whom?